Imagine living with this. I have to lock myself in my bedroom just because of how smelly it smells. It's not a smell, it's a stench. Something that lingers and sticks to you. Described as vomit-inducing. A putrid stench emanating from the damaged Christchurch wastewater treatment plant. Vile stink and we've just had to be told to suck it up. We're not working in it, we're living in it 24-7. It's like you're eating on toast in the morning and then it's sandwiches for lunch and then on toast for tea, you know, it's, it's bad. Not for a day or a week or even a month, but six months. Your stench stagnates and sits on you. Um, unless you've got COVID and you've lost your sense of smell, that's the only humorous side of COVID, I would say. There's not much you can do about it. It's close your windows and bunker down like you're on lockdown again. People are having trouble sleeping at night. Uh, they are having trouble breathing in their homes during the day. There is a lot of disruption. And it won't be over any time soon. In fact... It's going to get rank um, until... It's going to get worse, is it? Oh, yeah. The uh, problem's not something that's going to disappear overnight, that's for sure. We don't know what this revolting smell is doing to our children's health. It's going to be really annoying. If it gets worse, then I probably won't want to go outside at all. I'm Sharon Brett Kelly. Today on The Detail, the people of East Christchurch kicking up a stink about a stench and facing a bleak winter. I feel just so sorry for these people. It is absolutely disgusting. Jean Edwards is with RNZ in Christchurch. Yeah, it's like a wall of stench. In fact, when you drive into the suburb, you can you can smell it from the city. So it just gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And you drive through and there's people out walking their dogs, um, you know, taking their kids to school, going to work, trying to eat their lunch. And you just think, how on earth are they putting up with this stench 24-7? You know, it's okay for people who are working there, they can go home. But if you're living there, it's just terrible. They can't get away from it. It seems to be at its worst on kind of still, damp or wet days. And it's basically rotting burnt poo. It just hangs in the air and infiltrates people's homes. And there's really no escape. It's just constant. And the smell is so strong that it's putting people off their food. They feel like they can taste it, like they're eating it. It gets in through the car vents. And, of course, you wouldn't want to open your windows in that. And a man's described what it's like getting into a car that's been shut up all night. You sort of jump in in the morning. And he said it smells like someone has pooed in the passenger seat and you know when someone's got a bonfire going and um, you know even if your house is shut up you'll still smell the smoke inside but this is a hundred times worse it's more of a kind of rotten egg smell I guess coming off the oxidation ponds which is probably familiar to people um, who lived in Bromley in the old days in the 60s and 70s but that stench coming from the material rotting in those trickling filters is something far worse it really is putrid. And how widespread I mean they talk about Bromley but does it go beyond the suburb of Bronley? Yeah, it certainly does. It's not just the people of Bromley who are suffering. There's people in other suburbs like Aranui, Linwood, South New Brighton, South Shore. It gets, it gets us in Bromley and the easterly. Um, when we have a southerly, sort of Brighton and Aranui, right, yeah. um, Wainoni, they get it real bad. In Dellington, they can smell it too. And in fact, you can smell it um, often in the CBD. When I arrive at work in the morning, I can smell it when I get out of the car and right across the other side of the city. So it's a city-wide problem, not just an east side problem now. And, you know, it's left a lot of people in many suburbs worried about their house prices. Some want to leave, but, you know, they're convinced no one's want to go or want to go anywhere near their property now. So they feel hopelessly stuck. So take me back, because this has been, it's been months, 
hasn't it? Yes. That people have put, had to put up with this. Yeah, contractors um, were working on the roof of the plant last November when a fire broke out. There's a massive fire at a Christchurch wastewater treatment plant that has sent a huge plume of smoke into the air. On top of the two trickling filters, they're those huge round concrete structures which are a critical part of the sewerage treatment process. This is the main sewage treatment plant for the entire city of Christchurch. We could see these massive plumes of black smoke a good seven kilometres away. Uh, the two massive uh, plastic domes that cover the sewage treatment plants, the, the one caught on fire and then the second one caught on fire, these have completely collapsed inside uh, these huge uh, tanks which contain, uh, which is where the sewage gets treated. The fire sent huge plumes of black smoke across the city and burned for more than three weeks and you might have seen some pretty incredible photos showing the kind of smouldering blackened ruins of the top of the filters which have collapsed um, on the top of course and you know there was this acrid smell that initially came from the burnt plastic uh, filters but it's now actually coming from the biomass that's trapped inside and that gets wet uh, when it rains and rots and also from those oxidation ponds nearby because there's poorer quality effluent going into them but it's that putrid stench from the rot inside the filters that's the biggest problem and uh, the cause and the origin of that fire is actually still being investigated you know more than six months on and the council says that's because of the complexity of the investigation and the fact that um, other parties are involved so we don't really know much more um, about that about what set off this disastrous chain of events and and did they find out immediately that the stench was the result of the fire or did it take them some time to figure that out well, it's been developing over a period of months and it's getting worse as um, you know the rain gets into these filters and they start to rot. And one woman, Vicky Walker, from the Residents Association in Bromley gave a tearful deputation about the terrible toll it's been taking on her physical and mental health. I am just absolutely so tired of it that I just I don't want to be here anymore in this place with Third World over on the east side of Christchurch. And that sort of seemed like a bit of a turning point. I think that's when people started to sit up and take a bit more notice. And you say that the, the smell has been getting progressively worse since that fire six months ago. Is there any explanation for why it's been getting worse? Well, I think it's because over time the material inside the trickling filters has started to rot. But now that the the rotting material inside has been exposed to the elements, the rain is getting in and it's rotting and letting off that pungent smell as it dries as well. So um, that's really where it's coming from. You know, they say friends and family don't want to come and see them. They can't put their washing out on the line because it stinks. Uh, worst days is when it's coming in your down lights, you've got your doors shut, you can't put your heater on, you're dry reaching, you've got every incense going possible that won't override it. And they just want to go outside perhaps and relax after work or you know have a barbecue at the weekend and they just can't do that. There's some people who live right um, behind the plant, you can see it from their back fence, they've got flies coming in that they can't get rid of, They're just it's just a, a terrible way to live really. Is it the council's responsibility? Well, yes, the council uh, runs and owns the plant, and that's the question everyone in Bromley wants an answer to. People just can't understand why it's taken so long for the council to come in and come up with a solution to this. Um, there was a trial last December 
with the contractor to try and get rid of some of this rot. And, you know, it's taken six months to get to the point now where they're going to start removing some of that stuff from in the trickling filters. So, yeah, um, locals are convinced that perhaps if this had happened in a in a city suburb or somewhere like Fendleton that it would have been fixed months ago. But the council has repeatedly said, look, there's no quick fix to this. It's a pretty unusual and complex um, thing and it has to be done safely. But others say, like, you know, this should have been treated as a civil emergency. This is um, an emergency in the city, really, and some of that, when we have those sorts of emergencies, those costs are borne by government. This is no different from Ashburton having floods and having to reach out to work and income for support, or even the COVID response where businesses were shut down for a period of time. They think the council's just sat on their hands and gone through this kind of ridiculously lengthy bureaucratic process. This council needs to scramble. It's scrambling now, but it needs to scramble even more. What we want done is those trickle filters. That's the big uh, fish bowls that caught fire back in November. Those need to be emptied as a priority because we need to get uh, the waste off site so we have a clean site. So why are people saying if this had happened in an inner city suburb and not Bromley, it would have been fixed sooner? Why do people say that? Well, Bromley's a low socio-economic area, and and people think perhaps you know Bromley's had this um, treatment plant here for years, and so perhaps people are used to having that in their suburb. But people in Bromley shouldn't have to put up with a, a stench like this. Um, and people have called for a disaster response to this. You know, the, there was a lot of um, quick action, if you like, to fix certain things after the earthquakes, and people want to see that kind of response to this crisis. Um, the Christchurch Mayor Leanne Dalzell has um, admitted in the last week that the council completely screwed up. We should have been out there with a lot more front-facing communications, telling people what was going on, explaining to people and then listening to people about what their concerns were so that we were answering those. So you didn't mean you screwed up what, what you did with the plant. You didn't mean you screwed up by making people wait six months before they knew what was going on, before the council even appointed a contractor to do anything. You're just saying you screwed up because you didn't put out enough emails. No, that isn't what I'm saying, John. In fact, we did put out emails. We just weren't communicating broadly with the with the community. And she said that a lot of things were going on behind the scenes. There was a lot of stuff going on in the background, but we weren't front-facing it. So there's been a distinct change in tone from the council. I see that someone actually invited her to camp in their backyard. <laughs> yes, there's been a few people who've miraculously kept their sense of humour during this. They invited her to um, come and you know, spend a night in the backyard so she could experience the full force of the stench uh, for the weekend. And she politely declined, but she did say that she'd visit. Um, but, um, yeah, I spoke to another woman who's come up with a novel quick fix. She said she was going to go and sort of camp out at a councillor's place herself because that was her only way she could think she'd be able to escape from it. So these meetings that have been held, I mean, I get the impression that they're pretty fun. There was a a public meeting organised about a week ago and it wasn't organised by the council, it was organised by people in the community and they did invite people from the council. The mayor was there, um, the council chief executives, some council staff and MPs and it was a chance for them to listen to everybody's concerns and, uh, you know, tensions were running pretty high and council staff were booed at one point so that gives you a sense of the um, strength of feeling people have about this. And as you say, it's it's kind of across the board. I mean, what what's it like for kids going to school? Have you talked to 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 some children who live in the area and have to you know walk to school and put up with it all day? 
Yeah, I went to Bromley School um, about a week ago, actually, and just just to see how they're getting on. And like most kids, you know, they love playing outside. You know, they talked about after school going and bouncing on the trampoline and shooting basketball hoops and playing with their pets. But they actually said they've been hiding in their bedrooms because they just can't stand it. And even then, it kind of the smell gets inside and makes them feel like they're going to be sick. And they also talked about how disruptive it is in class. So, you know, these kids, you know, yelling out about the smell when it gets really bad and they can't concentrate. And one of the girls said that um, she sometimes can't write properly because she's got one hand holding her top over her nose and the other trying to do work. And there are some kids who actually aren't even going to school at all because they just feel sick. Um, so um, the council actually admitted that it hadn't been in touch with any local schools until about a week ago about the smell, and it has promised to do that. But, you know, there's a lot of parents who don't want their kids playing outside in that and keep their windows shut. So, you know, it's going to be a pretty miserable existence in a Christchurch winter and if they're all stuck inside, and it's a pretty unhealthy environment for kids. For some little lungs to be breathing that in, it just, yeah, it makes me concerned. It's unhealthy because there's a strong smell, but is it actually affecting people's physical health? It is, and strong odours can do that. So people have been feeling nauseous, they've had sore tummies, they can't sleep, they've had sore throats, um, their eyes are running. Um, So yes, it is having a physical effect, and a lot of people... Um, believe the stench is toxic because of that way that it's making them feel. But the council says that the gases coming from the plant aren't at concentrations that could be considered toxic. Sulfurous gases, including one known as swamp gas, have been detected in air quality tests, but council chiefs insist there's no danger to people's health. But it is really affecting their well-being. What has the council, if they're not communicating what they've been doing... But they're saying that they have been working away on it because it is complex. What exactly have they been doing? Well, they've been trying to find a way to get rid of this rot and the smell from those two trickling filters. So there is some progress now. So next month, council contractors are going to start removing that rot from inside the filters. And that process is expected to take about four months. And staff initially thought it was going to take seven. And we really do want to... Um, see this resolved, uh, you know, sort of that first week in spring. Why should the people of Bromley trust you, Leanne? They don't have to trust me. Um, the reality is, is that uh, I've, I've, um, yeah. I mean, I've just. Why should they rely on? Why should why should they or rely on your assurances here today? Lord knows how many days since rely the fire. On my assurances. It, it has to be done by demonstrating um, a change in behaviour and that means uh, better communications and it means responding to the needs that we have heard from the community. When it comes down to it though, communication is not going to make much difference. The people just want to have have their lives back. Yep, people want the stuff removed. That's what they want. They know that's the cause of the smell and they want it removed. And uh, we have a contractor on site who, um, you know, just over a week ago, was saying that it's at least seven months for it to be removed, um, has done an assessment uh, with the site, working with the council staff um, literally over a a weekend. And last week uh, we were able to announce that that's uh, four months. The contractors um, say they're going to work 12-hour days, six days a week, and I think there's something like 26,000 cubic metres of stuff that's got to come out of those filters. Um, So there's a lot to come out. And the problem is, though, that over winter... 
the council's warned that the smell could get even worse because that material deep inside those filters is going to be exposed to the elements. It's going to rain a lot more, obviously, in winter, and then it starts rotting. So you can imagine the prospect of four more months of this has upset a lot of people. Once they start removing it, once they touch it, and once they get the lid off, um, because the lid's stuck in the um, decaying poo, then when they lift that off, it's going to um, be quite... Yuck. What do people want? I mean, apart from having getting it fixed and for the smell to go away, are they really expected to stay at home, you know, continue living there, knowing that this, the stench is going to get worse before, before things get better? I think that's just the awful reality of it. Um, the mayor and councillors had a briefing behind closed doors about the type of help they can give people who live there. Because um, people have told councillors, you know, their power bills have gone up because they can't open their windows and they're using dehumidifiers and fans all the time or they've got dryers running to dry their clothes um, because they can't put their washing on their line or even if it's hanging in the house, you know, it's stinking. Um, and some people have even bought expensive air purifiers even getting buildings washed? One of the first things we need compensation for is to actually wash our buildings. Um, what we're seeing is, is wave after wave of organic material in the air washing onto buildings, and that slowly uh, causes a build-up of just mould and mildew on the outside of the buildings. So that needs to be funded to start with. Yeah, that's just emerged recently. There's um, a lot of people posting photos onto social media about sort of damage to the exterior of their homes. So the weatherboards on their houses, perhaps on their cars even, or around the window frames or on the roofs have um, been sort of tarnished, if you like. Um, There's some speculation it's something to do with the hydrogen sulphide in the atmosphere reacting with the paint. I'm not sure if that's true. but um, So, yeah, a lot of people are documenting damage to the um, exterior of their homes and some people have been in touch with their insurance companies and have inquired about whether or not there might be a claim in it. Um, So yes, there's a lot of people who are worried about their properties as well as their own health. The council has agreed to give people some financial help and they've indicated they want to help households in the immediate vicinity of the plant. Now that's a, a interesting f- phrase because people are wondering what exactly that means and whether that's a few streets or is it a block or is it a suburb and, you know, this stench is drifting over a lot of suburbs so um, it's being met with a bit of scepticism and you know one woman said to us that you know the council is very quick to chase up people who don't pay their rates on time but as soon as ratepayers want something in return there doesn't seem to be any haste mm. and so yeah people have also talked about getting some kind of rates relief but then there's the question of what what to do for people who are tenants because there are quite a few people who don't own their own homes in Bromley so yeah it's a pretty complicated situation yeah and there's no chance that all these people will would be relocated in the meantime until until the smell is fixed i think it's such a big suburb that would be impossible but there has been talk about um perhaps paying for people to who be able to go out out of town to go and get some fresh air. Um, some people can drive to other suburbs, like a lot of people get in their car and go to Sumner Beach so they can just breathe a lungful of fresh sea air and that's not tainted by this awful stench. But, you know, some people don't have cars. They rely on public transport or they can't afford to go off and do stuff like that. Um, one woman I spoke to uses a mobility scooter and she can't get out. She can't get away like that. And she feels trapped in her own home. And she says she has a right to fresh air, but she just can't get it. They've had it really rough in Bromley and those eastern suburbs, haven't they? I mean, in 2020, there was another really bad smell. 
I think it was a compost plant that the council owned called Living Earth, and it was producing a really nasty smell. That's been a source of many complaints um, about the terrible smell and dust over the years. And Environment Canterbury, the regional council, has issued a lot of notices that that plant's in breach of its resource consent. It's owned by the council but run privately. And um, recently, uh, councillors have agreed in principle to move it, but that could take up to five or six years. So while that has been a terrible smell, um, the stench from the trickling filters is far worse and more pervasive at the moment. And then I suppose on top of that, people would still be getting over things like, you know, the earthquakes. Unfortunately, I sat beside a lady and I said, I'm sorry, I was involved in the earthquakes and I spent eight years butting heads with insurance companies. No transparency, no honesty, and I feel like we're just going back into it all again. One of the people I talked to about that is the Bromley School Principal, Scott Kinley, and he said... It must be playing havoc with people's mental health. This is a low socioeconomic area. It was absolutely smashed in the earthquakes and then high rates of the COVID virus. It's not good enough. It has to be fixed. You know, they're worried about that kind of compounding trauma effect on children as well. You know, they've been through so much and this is just um, sort of making it even worse. So, Jean, what, what's the next move? We expect to find out this week exactly what the council's going to do for these people over winter while they put up with that terrible smell and all this rotting material is taken out. Um, the council contractors are still setting up the work site, so... Um, you know, they've got to spend a bit of time getting ready to get all this stuff out. I think they have to build a big ramp up to the top of the filters so they can get their machines up and scoop it all out. Um, so um, they won't actually start removing anything until next month. So, you know, a few weeks in the scheme of things might not seem much, but for people that are living and breathing this, every day seems like an absolute eternity. Um, you know, the Christchurch Mayor's repeatedly apologised for the situation in the last couple of weeks, um, you know. But people just want the council to do something. They want their lives back. And, you know, I think they've just come to the awful realisation that it's four more months to go and they've just got to get through it. And, I mean, no matter what financial help is dished out, it's just going to be a truly rotten winter for these people. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air and produced by Newsroom 4RNZ. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. Today's episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell and produced by Sarah Robson and Bonnie Harrison. And thanks to Jean Edwards. Kakite anō.